Welcome to shit. What what do we call this thing? Uh, cigarette burns. Cigarette burns. Fuck does that mean? we're back buddy we are we are we are back finally man it feels like it's been a day or a month or two months i don't even know it's been it's been a minute i'm not gonna lie uh you know got out the old uh kkty bayside microphone here dusted it (laughs) off uh yeah it's been a long time what's up guys uh it's jed and cole we're back we didn't go anywhere unfortunately real life uh, in good ways, like nothing's bad, we're all good, but it just yeah, got in the way. Like jobs and life and whatnot got in the way, and uh, big congrats to Jed. It's been a big couple of months, so, you know. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Awesome stuff. And uh, yeah, we've been wanting to talk about today's movie, The Scout, for longer than when we last recorded, when you heard us say the next movie is The Scout. That's true. We've been talking about this film. I think you're the first person I've actually ever met who had seen this film. Well, that was going to be my that was going to be one of my questions was have you ever talked about this movie with anybody else? No. Nobody else has ever heard of this. I first saw it on Comedy Central one night um, <laughs> when I was like a kid. Yep. And and that was it. It was years before I actually saw the real version. Uh, you know what I mean? I only saw it out with commercials. Yeah, yeah exactly. As, as it was meant to be seen. Uh, yeah, you were the first one too. So this is like us sort of branching out of our cocoon, talking to all of you about a movie that I'm going to say, I doubt y'all have ever talked about. Yeah, no. And if you've seen it, I still don't think you've talked about it. Nah, nah. I think you saw it and we're like, well, nobody's ever going to talk to me about that movie. That's where you're wrong. That's what we're here for. So, um, before we get into, I think as deep a dive into the scout as has ever been, I do want to talk about like... We're in a new world, obviously. We're not post-COVID in any capacity, but certain things have opened up, and one of those things has been movie theaters. And we hadn't been able to go to movies for 16, 18 months, whatever it is. Have you been able to go back? Yes, I've been back uh, several times. Actually, I was back this weekend again. And this is, to me, this is the perfect time. Like, I don't think it's going to last. Obviously, people are going to go back to the movies. But I was the only one in the theater when I saw Old this weekend. And oh. I was in heaven. This is for me what I love. I want to go to the movies and see them on the big screen. I don't want anyone else there. Nobody there. Yeah, you you are you're a, a peculiar moviegoer in yeah. the sense that you're like, I gotta have my shit straight. I gotta have you know my my space, which I respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, which brings me to another point before I start asking you kind of what you've seen and how that experience has been. I kind of think people forgot how to go to movies. Well, that implies they ever knew. That's... When I was last going before the pandemic, people were really getting loose, loose with the yeah. un- unwritten rules, so to speak, right? Yep, that's fair. That's totally fair. A lot of fair. talking, a so... lot of texting, a lot of this is the third thing I'm doing is being in the theater. More importantly, I'm on my phone. I'm talking to whoever's around me. And, oh, hey, there's a fucking movie going on that a lot of other people around me paid for, but not to hear my commentary. So you sound um, passionate about this subject. Yes, I am. I am. Okay. I am the embodiment of the Alamo Draft House in terms of how they feel about the movies. So I guess I, I do want to ask you, I kind of want to lay out, just as a, as a refresher, 
what we would consider the do's and don'ts of returning to the movie theater, you know, yeah, as, we, as we see these transgressions happen. Um, now, you guys may say, you guys are being the anti-fun police. Get over it. These are the do's and don'ts <laughs> of going to the movie theater. Uh, so I'm going to start with my first one, okay? I get that we're all going to have snacks at the movie theater. I'm all about the snacks. I love them. Love the candy. Love the popcorn. The soda. Whatever. I'm not real big into like the nachos and the ice cream and the, you know, like chicken wrap or whatever. <laughs> just like the standard super unhealthy. I yeah. came to a movie and I want to just destroy some bunch of crunch. Okay. No Asiago in my no. movie theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep the ciabatta for Panera Bread. But... I do believe as a person we have a responsibility to our our fellow moviegoers. And so if you have an inherently loud snack, okay, something that rattles around in a box, i.e. one of my faves, Bunch of Crunch, or M&M's in a box, I believe it is your duty to attempt to, at a minimum, open the whole thing with the plastic and everything prior to the movie starting. Absolutely. Get the wrapper, get everything done before the movie starts. Also, if it's a loud snack, eat that before the feature presentation starts. <laughs> exactly. Be done with that shit. Don't just be done with it. Okay. Um, now, if you're more in the sour patch realm, where it's it's you know you can do that, so you can chew that silently, it doesn't rattle around. Different question. Obviously, popcorn, no problem. So I, I just want everybody to sort of respect your your other moviegoers. And take care of your loud snacks during the previews prior to the feature presentation. That's That's been my number one bugaboo is people are just like really going after it like they've never been to a movie. What's your, what's your first? Well, along the lines of yours, I'll just, I'll just tag on to that, which I think is 100% perfect and correct. Pro tip, now not everyone likes this, but if you haven't tried it, I suggest you try it. Whatever that snack is that you have with the popcorn, be it Bunch of Crunch, Raisinets, M&M's, Pour that shit in the popcorn, shake it up, you get a nice little salty, nice. sweet treat oh, so now, with now, each bite. Now we're at, you know, the culinary school of movie going. Well, point being, you get to open that up ahead of time, you never have to deal with that packaging. That's true. You just crunch away on that popcorn, it's, it's, it's real good. Uh, for me, a couple things, I mean, talking is my number one, right. obviously. That is... Even if I'm with someone and they're talking, I do my best to ignore them. Yeah, that's I, what I after the movie is for. The theater's on fire and it's an emergency and we need to leave, or that someone broke into the house. I'm in a movie theater, okay? Yep. I gotta watch F9. F9, yeah. That I is mean, the priority right now. <laughs> if I'm if I miss this part of Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm never gonna understand. I gotta understand how how are John Cena and Vin Diesel related in this film? I just I gotta see it. I, I gotta I gotta find that out. But no, serious seriously. Shut the fuck up during the movie. <laughs> like, do not do not talk during and, the film. And, I, and if you go to the bathroom and you come back, don't you dare ask the person that was still there, hey, what I miss? Uh, you shouldn't have left. Yeah, part of the movie. How about that? You, you missed, missed part, you missed of, the part of the movie, which you're going to figure out later on. Now, you have we've gone to many movies together. And yes. uh, we observed the same no talking. Like, don't talk, don't text, don't use your phone. Okay, people? Like, that light going up is just... It drives me crazy. That's nails on a chalkboard. Don't do that. Yeah. Just go to the movie or stream it at home if you want to do other things. <laughs> but one thing I do very much like, and I suggest people do this again, a lot of my things are going to be food oriented um, <laughs> because food is delicious. But I appreciate that we both understood when we went to a movie together 
we got to have the snack seat. You got to uh-huh. have the buffer seat, okay? Where the drinks, the two free uh, drink holders, seat down, popcorn, a couple snacks, bottles of water, whatever, right there. So you don't have to pass back and forth. Exactly. So I encourage you, uh, as you know, if the movie theaters aren't full, you know, uh, take a take a gander at the snack seat. It's gonna it's gonna change your life. I like to cuddle with Jess during movies. Uh, you know, arm around the shoulder, but. You know, we tried out that snack seat, and it turns out uh, she's like, hey, I'll see you after the movie. This is working out really well. This is good. Oh, yeah, that's the way to go. Absolutely. That's the way to go. Without question. We call it we call it the purse seat for Rachel. Sure. Um, but it's just dual purpose. Yeah, yeah. You know, snacks yeah. go there, too. So... Because Rachel is a nachos gal. Gotcha. She wants, you know, nachos. Give me that extra cup of the nacho cheese, just in case. Well, see, I'm not... you know, they give you a lot of chips. I love... Hey, I love nachos. I'm yes. not a movie nachos person. Not because of taste. I don't like to be dirty. I don't want to get up and have to wash my hands. Mm, okay? I can understand That's that. the thing yeah. with the melty ice cream. I love ice cream. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'd like to wake up in a vat of ice cream. But at the movies, I don't want to be sticky. I try not to leave. Uh, you know, sometimes i got to use the restroom. That's the way that goes. But I don't want to be like, oh, I, I got an inappropriate snack for the venue. You know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I understand that. Totally um, understand that. The other thing, uh, get to your movie on time. Please do. Please uh, do. Because as delicate as you think that light is on your uh, cell phone, opening the door is not fun to see. That that bright little <laughs> yeah. light uh, on the side of the screen. And, you know, ultimately, just, you know, be respectful of the people that are in there with you. I've seen a lot. Of, and now, Jess and I have only been back to a few movies. Mm-hmm. But just... It's like there's groups of people coming into them to like, this is our little party tonight. And it's like, no, that's what watching a movie at home is for. Yeah. That's what that's for. And it will be on streaming in about 30 minutes Absolutely. So don't worry. Uh, There will be lawsuits explaining all of that to you very soon. And if you love other people or being around other people, meeting new people, uh, much like I do, (laughs) then I have a tip for you. This is for extroverts Um, only? This is extroverts only. Extroverts only. So you need not apply, Cole. (laughs) Um, if you really don't want anyone sitting next to you, let's say you're going to the movie alone and you don't want anyone sitting next to you, buy your ticket because everything's reserved seating now for the most part that I've seen in our area, you know, kind of bigger Flex. cities. And then go back into the app and reserve the seat next to you, but just go to checkout, but don't actually buy it. And then it'll reserve it for, I believe most of them are around seven minutes. And then it'll say to you, Hey, are you still there? You say yes, you keep doing that until the movie starts, then you take your put your phone away, no one's going to be able to buy that seat. So then you always have that buffer seat and you don't have to be next to anybody, yep, even in yep. a crowded Hey, crowded It's movie. all about strategically avoiding all human interaction. The Jed story. Absolutely. <laughs> that is that is 100% correct, and it's gotten me this, this far. far. And your bunker looks very nice in this video stream right now. It is It is yeah. very nice. It is very yeah. nice. Air conditioned. It's My all mill's good. still there? Oh, your mills are still there. Don't worry ah, about very, that. Very those good, aren't very going good. anywhere. Anyway, guys, a couple you know do's and don'ts. Actually, actually those were mostly don'ts. Yeah. Uh, but Do enjoy yourself, though. Enjoy yourself. Within this param- these parameters. Hey, and by the way, be safe. Wear your mask. Be good to yeah. other people. That being said, some positives. I've seen some good, fun movies that were like made to be seen in the theater. Okay? Yeah, me too. Uh, Nobody was my was just his first experience back at the movie theater. What a movie! To, that's a movie to see in the theater. And it was just it was you know John Wick with your you know Uncle Bob. I great. liked it more than John Wick. 
I'm not gonna lie. I, I I really did enjoy it. I I enjoyed it. I don't know if I can say I liked it more than John Wick because it's hard to when you saw John Wick, you weren't comparing it to anything. Yeah. It was just like, what is this? This movie was automatically comparable, so I think it's hard to see to take that lens away. But they're both fantastic. That's what you need to know. They're yes. both great. Um also saw Pig. Go see Pig. This is gonna come up later in recommendations. Pig, go see Pig. I'm not going to tell yeah, you anything about it. I still need to see that. Don't tell me anything. Nope. It's just happening very soon. It was supposed it. to happen this weekend, but I decided to see Old instead. So, mm. Swing and a miss. I enjoyed we'll it. Talk about it. Well, I enjoyed it. Well, after you see Pig, you're going to see why I'm saying swing and a miss. <laughs> um, you, what's the best thing you've seen since you got back? Uh, I really enjoyed Nobody, but I liked A Quiet Place 2 a lot. It was like a yeah. perfect back-to-the-theater movie. Really enjoyed the first one. Love that the second one wasn't just, all right, we got to amp it up 100,000 times. No, it was within the same world. Everything was the same uh, scale for the most part. And, I mean, Killian Murphy just knocks it out of the fucking park. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. Love love (laughs) Emily Blunt. Um, Everyone's good in the movie. You get a nice little Jaiman Hansu bit there. Always nice to see him getting some work. Always delightful Jaiman Hansu. But it, what I love about the those both those movies is it just logically follows what you think would kind of happen. Like, okay, maybe I would try to do that in this situation or that situation. So I just enjoy it. It's, it, it's good uh, the way they figure things out and what they're trying to accomplish and not over the top, just, just entertaining. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. I, I will also shout out, although I think most people are going to check this on HBO Max, we saw In the Heights, uh, and that's definitely a movie to see on the big screen. Like, that's just a, that's a back-in-the-movie-theater summer movie. Really solid watch. A um, lot of fun. Those of you who love the musical are not going to be disappointed, uh, even with some certain thematic changes that are made. It's just a fantastic transition, and that is that is a skill. To not only be able to deal with a huge set piece, but not be able to completely lean on CGI in every single respect. He's just an artist in that way, so... Check out In the Heights on the big screen if you can. I think I would have enjoyed it more on the on the big screen, but I, I wanted to see it before it left HBO Max because yeah. it wasn't playing at any theaters around me anymore. Like It right. was in and out of the theaters, it seemed yeah. like, in three weeks, which and, I was pissed about. It's an enormous movie and really fills the screen. Like It takes every inch uh, of the screen. So Yeah, I was. I, I will say I did not enjoy it nearly as much as I probably would have had I seen it on the, on the big screen. Sure, sure. With that said, I think it's time to get into the scout, which again, we're the two guys that are, you know, into this movie. So if you guys are just into this for what we've just said for the last 20 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever, and then our recommendations, you might want to skip the next 35 or 40 minutes. But uh, (laughs) if you stick around, you're going to hear some good shit. So you're the very first scout we've ever sent this deep into South Central Mexico. I'm here to see a baseball game. I'm a uh, scout. Hey, ball! Yesterday, I saw a game played by five men, two women, a child, and a goat at third base. You must be here to see Steve Nebraska. Who? That's the greatest sport player that ever lived. When Al Percola discovered Steve Nebraska, he had to convince himself he wasn't dreaming. Oh, my God almighty! Want to be a New York Yankee? Okay, let's do it. Gentlemen, Steve Nebraska. Excuse me, I, I am 
I don't know what those signals mean. Why are you shaking your head no for? Supposed to shake no. Right? Just throw what you want to throw. For Al, it was a chance to finally be somebody. We're going to be rich. You know, it's not a good idea to say you're going to be rich. Let's go back down there and tell them that we're not going to be rich. No, 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 it's too late now. But for Steve... Come on, Steve, stand up and take a bow. It was a chance just to be himself. I left my heart. Steve, it's his. <laughs> Whoever that may be. Rainbow! Whose idea was it to put Steve Nebraska up on the roof? Oh, my God. Before we pay him the money, we're going to need a letter from a psychiatrist. What? Saying that he's all right. It's like a physical. What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know how to describe this. I told him it was like a physical. I don't want to talk to him. People want to know things. We're not going to do a press conference like Romeo and Juliet. Please. Oh, are you nuts? I didn't mean that. 20th Century Fox presents... Is that your son? Albert Brooks. Yes, it is. Test tube, baby. Brendan Fraser. Al, you're like your dad to me. But I'm not your dad. I'm just a guy taking 15%. I thought it was 10. Diane Weist. What does this look like to you? It's Batman. Batman? In the story of two friends who need each other. You can't put the white ones in with the dark ones. You're an expert on laundry? Like they need their heads examined. It's likely that Steve will look to you as a father figure. I'm trying to fill those shoes. I'll do the best I can. But you should realize this is a father that Steve might want to put a bullet through. How does he feel about his uncles? The scout. And what are you doing later on? <laughs> Maybe we could do some laundry? You love that laundry, don't you? Talk to me first. Who did it? Who wrote it? Who's in it? What'd it do? All right, let's talk about... I'm going to talk about budget real quick because I could not find what the actual budget for the film was, but 1.4 opening, 1.7 domestic, didn't really have a worldwide release, did not really do much overseas there, so didn't pick up steam after that opening weekend and didn't really have any steam that opening weekend, which given the pedigree of the people that made this film... Albert Brooks with the screenplay. Andrew Bergman also with the screenplay. Uh, you might know Andrew Bergman from Blazing Saddles, Fletch, Honeymoon in Vegas, Striptease, which he also directed. Michael Ritchie directed this one. You may know him from Bad News Bears, Fletch, Wildcats, Golden Child, The Candidate, The Island, the one with Michael Caine. Oh. And a lot of TV shows. So, yep. And you got Laszlo Kovacs as the DP who's worked with Bogdanovich, Rafelson, Ashby, Mazursky. Like my, my guy, okay? Did Ghostbusters. The pedigree there is great. You got Brendan Fraser, comedic genius. I will yes. say that because yes. he absolutely is. Going toe-to-toe with Albert Brooks. The recipe for this film about a scout who finds these good players, but these players cannot necessarily make it in the major leagues, which I want to get into with Cole about that transition. He knows a lot about making that transition. <laughs> do I? Do I? Is that something From that I've got From phenom in, in high school to just really... <laughs> Really making it at that next level. So we just we just redefining words now. <laughs> we are sort of topping this. Yes, we are. <laughs> but no, I, I really this the setup for this. It's like it should be a good movie because it's an interesting setup. But where it goes is unexpected, and then I don't. In my opinion, it doesn't really follow through at all with where it goes. No, it just kind of decides to end. This is a movie that, on its face, does not accomplish what it needed to accomplish. That being said, it is a thoroughly enjoyable watch, almost solely, in my opinion, due to Brendan Fraser. 
Yes. I think he he's the one constant through the movie. He gets the movie that he's in. And his performance is way more layered than Albert Brooks's performance. Which, those are the two performances you're kind of watching the whole time. It's, it's a bit of a two-hander. Diane Weiss is in there, but for the amount... Why? Why? Yeah. Explain well, to me why Diane Weist of all people. Like she's amazing in everything she's in. She's one of right. the greatest. I love her. If you're going to have her in this film, I need more therapy scenes because I need to see more Diane Weist. Yeah. The, the easiest description is, let's say they had Goodwill Hunting, but Robin Williams was in two scenes. Yeah. It wouldn't make any sense as to why he's there. Not even though it's a big name or somebody famous, but just if you're going to make this about whether it's mental health or connection with people or any sort of uh you know psychology or you know psychiatric practice and then not fully sort of try and develop the relationship with the therapist and and the issues and all that stuff just very uh broad strokes is what this movie sort of falls on uh it becomes incomplete unfortunately now when i say all of this i want to be very clear i love this movie i own this movie I will watch this movie again. Like I dig watching this movie, but it feels like it needs to be two totally different films. It did not know what it wants to be because they keep him in therapy. That's the thing. If it's go to Diane Weiss to get the letter to say that, Hey, he's medically clear. He's, you know, mentally cleared to play baseball. We'll sign him to this contract, which we're going to get to. Okay. That's fine. If, if she never appears again, but then, throughout the whole movie, they're alluding to the fact that he's still in therapy. And you can see his character from the happy-go-lucky guy in Mexico getting the free tacos right. and, and all the women's numbers to the guy who's really internalizing and, and kind of examining himself. But we never really see that. We just see him kind of changing a little bit along the way. But they still want to keep it a comedy. So they don't want to go that extra route to basically... Started off as a comedy, guys, but have it explore something. I mean, we'll be very timely now to have a film about athletes and mental health. Absolutely. So I, I think it would have been interesting to do that. Um, I don't know that Albert Brooks is the one to tackle that, to be honest <laughs> <Yeah>. with you. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Which I love Albert Brooks, and I'm going to talk about him. But yeah. I want to piggyback onto something you said about, you know, Goodwill Hunting, if you only had Robin Williams' character in a couple scenes. I think. Goodwill Hunting was inspired by this film because if you think back to School Ties coming out in 1992, so let's say they're filming it in 1990, or sorry, yeah, School Ties 1992, filming in probably 1991, you got Brendan Fraser, you got Cole Hauser, Anthony Rapp, Chris O'Donnell, you also happen to have Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yep. And now yep. Brendan Fraser's a hot guy in Hollywood around this time. He's getting a lot of scripts. I think the script for The Scout probably came his way. Maybe they're all on set. Matt and Ben pick this script up. There's the there's the genesis. Forget the whole college. Matt Damon wrote the story and everything right. like that. This is where it got solidified, right here. I thought you were going to go a different way and simply say that Matt and Ben were huge fans of the Scout, and we were sort of a modern day Matt and Ben, where we're going to now get some kind of influence from the Scout, write our own script to become rich and famous and, and Oscar winners. But that's not what you're saying. No. No, no, okay. never even thought of that. No, probably, uh, probably wouldn't even, probably would give up on that idea in the first second. Sure, sure. Yeah, but I, I, I am with you. There's a, a lot, and we're we're only kind of half joking about how much Goodwill Hunting is in this movie. Oh, it's crazy. It's 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 crazy how much is in there. It's just as you said. It's it's the the Albert Brooks character, Al Piccolo, 
plays Chucky. No, sorry, play, I, in in a way can kind of play him, but not really. He really just plays. Uh, no, he's Stellan. Metal. No, he's Skarsgård. He's Skarsgård, and he's yeah, Robin yeah. Williams in many ways. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's find a phenom in a place you wouldn't expect to find a phenom. Yeah. Try and convince people he's a phenom, and nobody's buying it. And then he has to go to a therapist to work out issues that are either holding him back or not allowing him to be the full person that he should be. Like, that's the fucking movie. Yeah. And there's a lot of this... I kind of want to have the Brendan Fraser conversation right now because I think for people of a certain generation, which is us, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, probably 35 to 40-ish, look at Brendan Fraser and think, man, he was a huge star. Huge. And... I don't think that's wrong, but when you look at his filmography, it's just so much in three years, and then nothing for a few years, and then The Mummy, and The Mummy Returns, and it sort of kicks back in in the early 2000s, and then, you know, gone. And I think that there's a big question, like, I, I never heard anyone say I don't like Brennan Fraser. Yeah, I haven't whether heard it that was either. A, whether it was a dramatic actor or a comedic actor or no matter how famous they got or whatever, I could always remember saying people or hearing people say something like, ah, I, I don't really like Jim Carrey. Or I don't really like Eddie Murphy. Or I really don't like, you know, Antonio Vendors or whatever it is. Like, there's always people like, I've literally never heard anybody say that about Brendan Fraser. Because he had this unique ability to be charming in comedy, to be charming in drama, to be very good in intense scenes where it didn't look like he was overacting. Even when, he, you know, in the scout where he's, you know, threatening to throw Al off the roof, which I kind of wish he would because Al's the bad guy in this movie, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, I don't know who the analog is, and I don't think we've had a, a next-generation Brendan Fraser. You know, when I think about it, the closest thing I can come to is like a Hemsworth, where... He can be goofy, and he can do dramatic roles, and he's extremely handsome, but he's not somebody that, you know, guys don't like. It's just, Brendan Fraser threaded a needle so fine that he's been, in my opinion, irreplaceable in the next generation. I just don't know who he would be. If I was casting the Scout today, or if I was casting George, like, who's going to be great in the Scout, George of the Jungle, uh, School Ties? Like, does yeah. all three of those movies, you know? Well, what he does, in my opinion, is he does the things that nobody's ever going to notice. And I'll put it this way. When you watch this film and you see his character, here's an example. When he first meets Al and they're having uh, lunch, dinner, whatever, down in Mexico, and he takes the tortilla, he bites the holes in it, he puts it on his face. Okay, Many people, you mentioned one of them in my opinion, would not be able to pull that off without going crazy over the top. Jim Carrey right. would have started acting like a llama or something and like right. walked around the entire restaurant. He does it and he gets up to the point where it's annoying, but it's never annoying. And he comes back. And you watch it and you're like, okay, yeah, that was that was funny. But you don't really appreciate how close he was to the edge and how perfectly he played that. And that's what he does with everything he does. Where it's, you're like, yeah, that's just good. But right. we've seen so many versions of that that are awful that you don't seem to really appreciate when it's just good, but we really should more. Well, and I think it's kind of the Ted Lasso effect. Like, so for, for those of you watching Ted Lasso, 
you will understand what I'm saying. For those of you who haven't seen it yet, A, you should, and B, I'm not really ruining anything for you, but the, the show's built on positivity, which is the antithesis of kind of how we have trained ourselves to watch things. Because the things that are popular are always showing you, look how much worse it could get. Whether it's yeah. Breaking Bad or The Sopranos or... The West Wing is is like the most hopeful show, and still those uh, you know main characters let you down actually most of the time. Whereas in, in Ted Lasso, the positive thing will happen sometimes, and it sort of surprises you, right? That's the thing with Brendan Fraser is he's never, he never crosses that line into negativity in this movie. He knows how to play it genuinely. So even when the woman on the plane just slips him a number. You know why that happens is because you get the earphones in your ears and then you can't hear yourself speak. Make a tune and make you a sound. There's a there's a youthful energy but not arrogance about how he does that and it's it's he makes it look so easy. I think you made it perfect point where it makes it also easy to forget that he's doing it. Like it's just great. It's just a great job, and he has these you know these performances. Yeah. Whether it's when he starts getting into the real romantic comedies like a Mrs. Winterbourne, I think would be his first one really, and then the George of the Jungle and the Bedazzled and Blast from the Past. He's so great at that. Like, I'm sorry. He's way better than McConaughey at romantic comedy. Yeah, he he totally is. It's interesting because I had, had heard McConaughey said this story was somehow based on him, which is weird. I don't know sure. how the scout could be based on. He was amazing at everything, I guess, but that that's just magic. According to the book. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, you bring up Bedazzled, which is every time I watch that movie, I go to myself... How is he not annoying? Right? How is he not annoying as any of those annoying fucking characters that he plays? How is he not as annoying as the basketball star? You got to give 110%? Like, how is that? How does he make that not annoying? How does the guy who cries at the sunset and does it like four times, it never gets annoying? How is his character, Elliot, in the beginning not annoying talking about speakers? and How? How do you do and, that? And I think it comes from, honestly, he's a genuinely likable person. And that yeah. comes across on screen, and that that's not the easiest thing to do. You know, you talk about charisma on screen, or you know how to act on screen. Not every genuinely nice person can do that. There's plenty of people in Hollywood you'll hear are nice people, and you watch them act, you're like, but they're not good at this. You know, that's that's the thing. I just every story about Brendan Fraser's great. Every you know every actor or actress he's ever worked with has been nothing but glowing. Leslie Mann's talking about how she on George of the Jungle like legitimately fell in love with him. And she was with Judd Apatow at the time. And she's like, I don't know what to tell you. I was just in love. He's the sweetest guy. You know, it's just, Google it. It's a little hard to find. It's a, uh, but it's extremely sweet and like just gushing over Brendan Fraser. And so it, it got me thinking. And I, I, before we even talked about doing this episode, I would think occasionally like, man, what's going on with Brendan Fraser? 
Like, because he's just good, too. It's not like, oh, he was the hot dude who just wasn't that good and had a moment and it's gone. Like, he was legitimately good. And when you dig into it, it gets really, really sad really quickly. Um, yeah, it does. You know, it, it's yeah. a combination of things, but a lot of it is him getting massively hurt on movies, physically hurt, to the point where, you know, he even says, you know, by the third Mummy movie, they're basically, I, I'm building an exoskeleton for myself every day to go and, and be in a scene. I've got ice packs and gauze and all this other stuff, to the point where he had back surgeries and the back surgery didn't take and... You know, he couldn't move and, and all of these things that led to him sort of disappearing from public life. He also had some some private uh, relationship issues and, and all those things. And all of a sudden you look at a guy like Brendan Fraser that we all think of as being this huge star. And you look at the filmography and you go, my God, he, he hasn't actually been in that much when mm-hmm. you really get down to it. And to make that much of an impact on so, I would say, few true hits, like, I mean... His hits are basically Encino Man, which I, I guess was a hit. Uh, uh, yes, it was. I, I know you have to say that. Big I hit. know you have to huge hit. Mostly Big for hit. the background talent. Uh, Mostly, there's one particular yep. scene that really, really huge, captures it all. Obviously huge. But, you know, when you sit there and look at it, he's he's uncredited in some stuff that was big. Like, School Ties was a popular movie, but I don't know that, you know, when people aren't walking around talking about School Ties. No, they're talking about they're Dead talking Poets about Dead Poets exactly. So you end up seeing the Scout, which obviously wasn't a hit. With Honors is a fun movie, but people don't talk about that. He doesn't get his fucking Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> the cast of that movie is pretty spectacular, by the way. You know, George of the Jungle was popular, and then Gods and Monsters was an Oscar Beatty movie where he uh, it was quite good. But his first hit hit is The Mummy, and then The Mummy returns a couple years later. But after that. It's a whole kind of bunch of nothing. Well, the last thing I remember seeing him in was Crash. Yeah. Um, before it all kind of went, I don't know, awry, I guess you'd say. I mean, I think he had something. Am I getting it right? It was with uh, HFPA and someone he felt like abused yes. him or yep. assaulted him. Yes. He, yeah. He, well, and he, he came out and, and yeah. talked about that and he, you know, made a complaint about it. And there's, there's a lot written about, you know, that being a reason mm-hmm. that his career also went downhill very, very quickly. And th- there's a really good long-form article. Uh, it's on GQ. It was written by Zach Barron back in 2018. And it's just called Whatever Happened to Brendan Fraser. And it's a long interview with, with Fraser at his house. And, you know, it's I'm not going to recite it all to you now, but, like, check it out. It's, it's really good. And it just, again, I keep falling back on the word genuine. He just seems like a genuine dude. And, and you hate to see... Like I I I'll, I'd rather put it this way. I'd rather put it in a positive light. I love to see the Brendan Fraser news that we've been getting in the last six months. Cultivating mass. <laughs> well, there's that, but fuck that. You got back surgery. Those people can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I'm talking about announced that he's in Killers of the Flower Moon. Yep, I saw that too. That he's going to be uh, in the whale. Mm-hmm. That he's getting these big monster jobs with legitimate like filmmakers, auteurs. That hopefully he can get back out there and really start, you know, doing the thing again. He will. You know, that, that's what I, that talent does not just go away. No, it has. And he was in uh, Trust. So he yeah, played, I did not watch that series on FX. Uh, heard good things about him though. He was very good in it. He, uh, you know, he plays the uh, he plays the Wahlberg character. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in a way that doesn't make you laugh every time he's on screen <laughs> because Brendan Fraser is good at acting and uh, Mark Wahlberg is not. So uh, there's that. But he plays like this big honky-tonk Texan doing the investigation for the Gettys. And uh, he's very good at it, though. You know, he's... It was... I actually, when I hit play on it, didn't know he was in it. I just... It was right after... Uh, I'd seen the movie and I was like, oh God, well, of course there's a miniseries. Hit play on it and he's smack dab in the first episode. I'm like, oh, I'm all the way in. And he was very, very good in it. Uh, quick sidebar for a Wahlberg question. Uh, sure. Obviously, seen the movie countless times, recently rewatched it. Do you think Wahlberg knows why he's so good in Boogie Nights? Nope. No. No. See, Wahlberg thinks he was acting in Boogie Nights. I know. That's the best part. He thinks he was. That's the thing. That's the thing. He thinks he was, like, doing character work in that. But then when you see his workout videos, you realize, nope. I mean, how how did PTA pull that off, getting that performance? I mean, that's insane. Some dudes just know. Yeah. And he does. He's the man. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the Wahlberg uh, sidebar there. Just insane watching it. Just I'm like, because I've seen Wahlberg in interviews. I've seen him on, he has his own little TV shows here and there. There's no way he understands why he was so good. Nope. nope. And he would attempt to walk you through some sort of method that he did during that movie. Again, I encourage you, just search Mark Wahlberg workout video, and you will see he's Dirk Dickler. With, his, just with his cousin named guy. Jizz. Cousin named Jizz. Yep. Cousin Jizz and the boys. No handshakes in the video. None of that is made up. Nope. Okay. Uh, Getting back to the scout, um, I want to talk about Albert Brooks real quick. Yes, let's do that. You you gave me my Brendan Fraser soapbox. Hit me with your Albert Brooks. I love Albert Brooks. I've loved him since I was a kid. Uh, Lost in America. I saw that movie when I was a kid. Love that fucking movie. I mean, him, Julie Haggerty, so good in that film together. You know, modern modern romance, uh, countless good films. When he appeared in Drive, very, playing very off off type, I thought he was great in that. I'm like, I want Albert I mean, Brooks in gangster movies now. Give me that. Give me Albert good, Brooks gangster. How good was he in Out of Sight? Of course, of course yeah. he was. I mean, that I, that movie, Soderbergh. So Please, good. I, I yep, haven't seen really the new good. one. Hopefully, the new one's good. Hopefully, Soderbergh is kind of back. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to tell you whether you're going to like it or whether you're not. But I'm optimistic. Okay. All right. That's good to know. A um, little bit of background, though. This is. I heard this funny uh, story on Mark Maron's podcast when he was interviewing Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner's father, obviously Carl Reiner, famously best friends with Albert Brooks. Rob Reiner also best friends with an Albert Brooks, but. Not Albert Brooks's real name. He changed his name from his given name of Albert Einstein. <laughs> and when asked about this early on in an interview, he said, well, the real Albert Einstein changed his name to sound more intelligent, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> um, brother Bob Einstein, also known as Super Dave Osborne, Marty Funkhauser on Curb Your Enthusiasm, RIP. Yep. The guy's career is just insane, the people he's worked with. But being able to have access to carl reiner and albert brooks and be able to make them laugh when you're a teenager and you're going over to your friend rob's house that's just got to give you the most amount of fucking confidence in the world and i'm with you like i'm a huge albert brooks guy um but he's probably the last 
of that generate that Dom DeLuise generation that our parents' generation would talk about as being like, oh man, have you did you see his Carson show stuff? <laughs> he just murdered on Carson. Yeah. He was the he was the talk show king, you know. And he's so quick. So, have you seen him in interviews? He's, he's so fucking quick. But you look at him in something like broadcast news. Yeah, and he's he's great. Yes. And you look at the stuff he's written, and he just seems like such a, a performer out of one very specific era. Yep. Like very much 1981, right? But then you go and you look again through his IMDb or whatever, and you sit there and go, "Wow, he's been prolific." Mm-hmm. As a writer, as a performer, up until today, yeah, you know, he just continues to do the things that he's great at, and it turns out if you're a great writer, I forget where I heard this story, but Jack Nicholson had said he never would have had that long of a career in Hollywood if he wasn't a great writer. And if you're a great writer, I guess you stick around because you keep thinking of oh, the yeah. new thing, the next thing, whatever it is. Nobody talks about Albert Brooks anymore. He's still around and he's still doing things. But nobody, like my sister doesn't know who Albert Brooks is. I don't think right. anyone coming up really knows who he is. And I don't think many people in, in our age range are thinking of, oh, Albert Brooks. That, that's, but comedy gold, just just hilarious. If you like his brand of humor, you will no, love the all the generation stuff. A- Yeah, the generation after us, Albert Brooks is the dad from Finding Nemo. That's it. Yeah, or he's, oh, from Weeds. He was on Weeds for a little right. bit. And even that's a stretch right. at this point because that show went off the air how many years ago? Jesus. Yeah, he's it, there's, it's very funny to see a movie, and I think that's an interesting thing about this movie, is there's a shitload of talent, and sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. And this is one of those ca- this is one of those cases where it's a bad movie that I like to watch. Like, I know that it's bad. Well, to paraphrase, to paraphrase Roger Ebert's review of it, Starts off, and the first 15 minutes, he is laughing his ass off. He is so excited. And yep. by the end, he's like, what the fuck just happened? What, what yep. happened to this? And it's what we've always talked about. I think it was a great premise. They had nowhere to go with it. Well, and, and you know, from what I've briefly read, I have not read the article because, you know, I didn't do the paywall. Yeah. Uh, like Thank you, you, New Yorker. With the, with, yeah, with uh, the gentleman who wrote the article that this is... Um, inspired by apparently the the character the scout in that particular article like bounced around from player to player town to town and that seems to be if I was going to write a movie focus it on Al Procolo going around and having these misses everywhere whereas in this they start with Tommy Lacey Matthew Bodine you mean (laughs) right Every time I see that, and I'm like, that Michael Rappaport looked like that at one point in time? Holy shit. Starts with Tommy Lacey. That fails. And then he gets sent to the boondocks by the perfect early 90s foil, Lane Smith. R.I.P. Yeah. Then it's like, have him continue to go around and find dudes or whatever. That sounds like a more coherent story than, oh, we found the one. Now, if you're going to find Steve Nebraska, then you kind of got to make the rest of the movie about just getting him to the majors. Mm-hmm. Not get him to the majors. He signed. And you're like that happened so fast. Now we got to figure out this whole mental health issue. And you know, by the end of the movie, we're standing on the roof at Yankee Stadium with a helicopter. Like it's just it's I mean, a lot. That's the thing. It's a lot of ideas. And I have I have an idea for this film that, w- in my opinion, would work. And you probably will disagree. Maybe you will. Maybe you'll, I don't know. We'll find out in a second here. If it's me, I almost go big fish with it. And I almost have um, 
Albert Brooks's character, Al Procolo, dying in the beginning. And maybe he's in a home or something. And he starts talking to someone and telling them the story of his life in terms of all the people that he's interacted with and players. And then at the funeral, you kind of you see everyone there together. But I think that's more because if you want to talk about an actual scout, because it is called the scout, let's right. go through these little vignettes of him discovering people, but then seeing what happened to them. Almost a big fish meets Mr. Holland's opus kind of thing. With a little splash of bagger. There you go. Of course. A little splash yeah. of that. No, I, I'll i be honest with you. I dig the shit out of that. That's because you've got to focus on him. Yeah. I think. Well, and, and the hard part about it is Procolo is, like, he's got the best joke. Like, he's got good jokes, good one-liners. <laughs> but I think he got so the Garrison League in college. He's, he's so underwritten as a character that he comes off as a fucking sociopath. <laughs> he really does and he goes from like, 0 to 120 and there's no there's not a single moment in the movie where I think he cares about Steve Nebraska and if you're going to root like this this movie is asking me to root for both of them to succeed yeah this movie is asking me to root that Al Procolo gets his job back with the Yankees and that Steve Nebraska is a success and at the end of it I don't want Procolo <laughs> to be successful <laughs> this dude Lied, cheated, and steal and stole to get this eighteen-year-old Rappaport to the bigs. Now, this is why Steinbrenner, you know, probably uh, needed to bring Cashman in, <laughs> is to say, don't take an eighteen-year-old and put him on Yankee Stadium. You know, a ball—that's what a ball's for. <laughs> well, that was a question I had for you about, about baseball. Yeah. Is any of this realistic? Is any even no. when, even when Albert Brooks goes to see Tommy Lacy, he sees two pitches. And then they're trading draft picks for this guy. No one else went and watched him play. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. Talent for the game, <laughs> oddly, is a very interesting, like, realistic, I think. Not realistic, but a slightly more realistic portrayal of a scout. Like, just going out, looking for dudes. I'm not saying that they throw balls in, you know, a tunnel 600 feet under the <laughs> earth. But, like, just looking for guys you've heard about. Checking them out. Especially at this time. Like, now I'm sure scouting's totally different. You can put high school games on YouTube. But, like, if I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to Procolo, yes, going out, finding a high school guy that everybody has said, unsignable, going to college, mom and dad have it on lock, but you're the one that's able to go in there and, and unlock the door, I don't think that's terribly outside the realm of possibility in 1991. What's outside the realm of possibility in 1991, or any time, is that the Yankees go, cool. He's pitching in like two weeks. That's what I'm saying. Is there anybody yeah. that you can think of no. that gets drafted and then the first game they ever play is it was like was no. Mike Trout first game he ever no. played there or was he triple triple A or whatever it is? No, no. They they start in rookie ball in the off season. A ball like one of the fastest uh, in our generation. I, I can't speak for the '60s and '70s or whatever, but Albert Pujols was a legend because he went from like A ball to the pros in the same season. I see. So That's crazy. They, they don't they don't start dudes out like Nuke Lelouch had to go play <laughs> in Durham. Okay, they don't start them out in the pros. Like it doesn't happen that way. You know, the biggest pitching phenom in the last maybe fifteen years was probably Strasburg? Steven Strasburg. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, they don't they don't draft Steven Strasburg and then have him 
you know, take them out at National Stadium. Like, no, that's not a thing. He just gets so, Tommy John right away, is what I recall. Well, you got to get that TJ. That's how you know you're good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you end up doing the baseball in this. We're not even going to get into, like, my boy Brendan, I love you. You can't throw. Um, that motion is stupid bad. Well, those are quick uh, cuts, though. A lot of quick cuts with the windup and then the catch. I should have seen, I, I want to see who the second AD was on this movie because I'm pretty sure it was going to be the same guy who helped out Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> well, that brings up a question I have, which is, back in your days of catching, did you ever sure. get knocked back by a pitch? I mean, how fast does that have to be and how hard to knock people back that way? Well, we haven't seen an arm like that since Rowan Gardner. <laughs> I think that's clear. And... and and what are the um, chances that we think Rowan Gardner is the son of Steve Nebraska? Well, I think what we want to see is we want to see the Rowan Gardner-Steve Nebraska World Series matchup. Because they're, they're overlapping careers. Well, they are overlapping careers. But what that brings to question is, I know I'm kind of going off all over the place now, but I do have this question. Is Steve Nebraska the greatest baseball player yes. in a movie? He has to be, right? He's the greatest baseball player ever he's not even he doesn't practice it's not debatable he eats a ton of food and he can just throw 27 just straight strikeouts all that all yeah that he shit. throws he throws 81 pitches all of them strikes yep. um nobody can hit him he's a switch hitting power hitter <laughs> he i mean honestly it's he's team it's shohai otani he's otani is who he is. okay like in my off days, I will power hit, uh, and then I will also pitch. Like it's nuts. It's stupid. I mean, but yeah, he's he's a superhero. Like it's not. It's ridiculous. Do you have but he's him throwing, he's, pitch? He's throwing like one thirty. How many games a season do you have him pitch? Well, I mean, you got to be smart. You got to put him in the same rotation. So five man rotation these days. You know, he's going to get thirty five starts if he stays healthy. So that's thirty five wins automatically that you're going to get. I mean, at some point they're going to catch up to it, but. <laughs> I'm not optimistic it's going to be this year. Yeah, no. And then he's going to get all the hits. You could have him hit all the time, right? He doesn't have to he pitch in order to hit. hit. Yep. Yep, he'll hit every game. So I understand what they're doing with the movie. I understand it's a movie. I understand no one's ever this good. It's King Kong. I understand all that. But my point <laughs> is, if you kind of take it a step further here, I mean, these guys on the team are going to fucking hate him because they're never going to have anything to do. False. Okay. So this is the difference between see this is this is the Teen Wolf problem. Yeah, this is what I'm bringing up. You can't ball hog in baseball. Okay, all right. Because you can only hit. He can't be every batter in the lineup. That's true. The pitcher, yeah, when he's pitching, the defense might get a little bored. <laughs> but even the catcher's got to have something to do. Like there's got to be somebody there to catch it. Yeah. So I think it's going to be more of a yeah. They might hate him because he gets all the fame. He gets all the credit. He gets everything. They're not going to hate him from a, yo, man, I just, could you pass it to me, Wolf? Please? Please? Just maybe just a little bounce pass? They might hate him for the 55 mil, 55 for four, which I looked up the highest salary back in 1994 was. Let me, can I guess? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hmm, 94. Man, I'm going to say. It's going to be Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Jr., or maybe like Roger Clemens. So neither neither one of those. Bonilla? Exactly. 6.3 mil yeah. for that year. Damn it. Damn it. I knew, 
Fucking sneaky. You know, hey, shout out, by the way, Bobby Bonilla Day. This year was the last year of Bobby Bonilla Day. <laughs> Sad. Three, I think it was three straight seasons he had the highest salary for that for that season. But we're yeah. talking 6.3. So Nebraska's like blowing that out of the water. I mean, he's almost yeah. at like, what is he, 14? Almost it's almost double that. Yeah. Jeez. No, it's a, it's a 50, it's what, 55 for four? Yeah. So, yeah. 14-ish? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's high. 56. I mean, that's, that's, that's that. Yeah. That's, that's insane for back. Yeah. Then. So he's, he's, tra- he's all, yeah. Two and a half times Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. He's, and he is by all intents and uh, purposes. He is two and a half times better than Bobby. Bonilla, <laughs> at a minimum. I've only heard of Bobby Bonilla from uh rookie of the year. Cause I think he got stru- uh, struck out by. He Rome did. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bonilla could not hit Steve Nebraska. Could not hit wrong. No, no. Ozzie Smith no, though. Not at all. I like how, how Bob Costas, or oh, Robert, I should call him, sets, yeah. sets it up as like, we'll see if Ozzy can, can uh, well, he's probably already been up before, I think. Um, yes. <laughs> this game, and I don't think he could then, so. I can't begin to tell you how happy I was that he was beating the Cardinals. As a kid, <laughs> I'm a Cubs fan, I hate the Cardinals, I, I still, like, in my heart of hearts, do not even like St. Louis, it's the way it goes. Um, so watching a movie where just 27 Cardinals go up and 27 Cardinals go down, <laughs> so happy. Yeah. Incri- Maybe that's why I love this movie so much. That's gotta be it. That and, uh, Albert Brooks' line delivery on, uh, H. Aaron, oh boy, Hammer and Hank. <laughs> <laughs> it's just perfect deliveries. He's such a tool. Yeah. He's so good. He's so good though. So I gotta uh, I gotta hit you with the best piece of trivia I was able to find for this movie. Do it, okay? Love it. So obviously we always try and look up like who could have played this role, uh-huh. who was in it, who do we think? So apparently this movie was in development for quite some time, and according to IMDb, so it is the Bible. <laughs> in 1989, so just just what five years before this movie came out, yeah. Rodney Dangerfield was attached to play Alpercolo. Oh boy. Do you know who Steve Nebraska was supposed to be? Let's see. Back then. Just think of the most like athletic at the time actor you could think of. Louis Anderson. Not as far off as you think. <laughs> Sam Kinison. Fuck you. It's what IMDb says. I'm looking at it right Sam now. Sam Kinison was attached to this at one point. To play Steve Nebraska. Not to play Alpercolo. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, I mean now we know where the Kenny Powers idea came from, right? <laughs> no, it's uh oh shit. I kind of want to see that movie though. I kind of want to see that. Oh, movie. I, w- I would see that. I, did you ever watch? There's this movie Rodney Dangerfield. It was towards the end. I mean, he was making some absolute dog shit. He made this one called My Five Wives, and it's literally about him, and he's got five that wives. Was like- that was like towards the end of high school, right? That was like 2000, yeah. 2001, yeah. something like that. Yeah. It's just sad when they're still holding it. on, man. Let me look this up. Let's see who was in this. Oh, boy. A whole bunch of people that make great movies. <laughs> like Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. Dice Man. Good Lord. Oh. Like, I, I hate to say Dice Man's a good actor because he is, but not. I'm sure he was not good in My Five Lives. No. No, I'm nobody com- was. confident. Nobody was. <laughs> Oh. But, uh, yeah, like, ultimately, the scout, we kind of wanted to talk about it, because every time, you know, 
we'll do a lot of episodes where it's like, hey, this is a great movie, and let's talk to you about how great it is. But I'll be honest, I like a lot of movies that aren't great movies. Oh, same and this here. is one of them. Yeah. And, you know, this movie, as we've talked about, kind of rests on Brendan Fraser's charm. And, oh, God, just, I got to, again, like, shout out The Mummy. The Mummy is, like, one of the most fun action-adventure movies in the last 20 years. Like, that is where Indiana Jones, like, boy, he would have been a good replacement for Indiana Jones. Better than Shia LaBeouf. Well, that's a very low bar. <laughs> a very, very low bar. Well, and but, he spent um, a lot of time in the Middle East, so that's good, too. It helps. With. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, uh, like, the Tony Bennett scene. Why was that there? You don't have to have it. I don't need And it need seems like that. Stunt casting They keep showing up in this movie. Yep. That I'm like, ooh, you're zapping all the energy out of it. And, and that's... Like I'll fast forward through the Tony Bennett scene, not because it's awkward, no, because somehow the way somehow the way Brendan Fraser plays it, he's not embarrassed. Mm-mm. Everyone's embarrassed for him. He's like, "Fuck it, I don't care." Yeah, but you know, I think there was this thing too in the '90s, and it's still kind of going on now. Like, oh, if we're in New York, we got to have <laughs> Tony Bennett or Donald Trump or who? Like, we got to have somebody from New York to be in this movie. Yeah. Otherwise, how the hell would you know it's in New York? <laughs> you know that secret city. No one has ever heard of that has no buildings that show you that it's oh my God. fucking yeah. New York. I, I agree. It's every time I'm like oh, this, but but the Keith Hernandez that stuff I like that. I like well, that showing his athletic to ability. the baseball. Of course. Yeah, it, it would be stupid if we were running into Keith Hernandez in a bar. <laughs> well, I could see. I'm. I guarantee you, when the Kinnison and the Dangerfield script was going around. They run into them in the bar, and Kinnison throws his 105-mile-an-hour fastball in the bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the speedball by you means a whole <laughs> lot different thing in the Kinnison version. I, I have a feeling the Try to hit this ball! Aspect. Let's see if you can hit this ball! <laughs> Fucking Vietnam! <laughs> For all our Kinnison fans out there, uh, you might not know, that was just Jed. <laughs> Uh, you know, we're knocking some rust off in this episode. Yeah, guys. yeah, a lot of rust. A lot of rust. <laughs> a lot of rust. I would love it if, if you guys went out and watched this guy and like, hit us up and tell you what you think about it. Because I'm cu- I'm genuinely curious because I don't know nobody who's seen it. Yeah, same here. Nobody. You know, and it just has, it has a charm and likability about it that is so of 1994 where people could be bright-eyed about like going to a big city, going to New York, whatever it is. And... One of the reasons I like it so much, and it's a broken record, now I watch it for, like, what could have been. Yeah. Like, what could have been with this dude's career? Seriously. Because as far as acting goes at that time, he's coming out of... Basically, when you're watching School Ties, you're watching, this is the next crew of actors. And for my money, he's the best at that time of that crew. More than Cole Hauser. Hard to say. I know. My namesake, but... Uh, slightly better than Cole Hauser. I mean, how good is Cole Hauser on Yellowstone, though? Yeah, he's good. He's really good. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, right? Because yeah. we've seen Cole Hauser in many things. Like, well, I saw paparazzi. In I was the just theater. gonna say. I was just gonna say. You saw paparazzi in the theater. In the theater. Do you hate money? I was very excited for that movie. Oh, dude, this is. We're gonna publish this. Do you want me to cut that out when I when <laughs> no, I edit no. this? Leave that in, man. All I right. wasn't me and five other people. We we saw paparazzi in the theater. We so you it. met Cole Hauser's family. How what are they like? <laughs> Talk to me. He doesn't claim them. 
You know, there's a whole custody battle going on. You know, sure. it's Cole Hauser, He's having obviously. custody thrust upon him. Sure. Yes. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I like I, I just still can't believe that he's that good on Yellowstone. Yeah. And it just shows you what to bring in again. Another full circle. Well, good writing does a lot. Doesn't hurt. But I also like Cole Hauser, as apparently this episode called for a Cole Hauser tangent. Uh, <laughs> he's a man with a pocket. Uh huh. Yes. And yep. grizzly, quiet, don't say much, don't do too much. Not uh, doing too much. Stephen Dorff is trying to is trying to create that pocket for himself. It's not working out. No. It's not working out. Do not watch Embattled, people. Do not watch the movie Embattled. Oh, my God. We're going to get so much hate mail from, you know, the Dorf crowd. And the Kinnison crowd. The Dorf army is coming after us, so I hope... That, attention, Jed, okay? <laughs> my that's, Five Wives army that's is not going to be happy with this D's. episode. <laughs> that's two Ds. Um, so, final verdict out of ten, what, what do you give the scout? Oh, the scout is a, is a six and a half. I was I was going to say six and a quarter. We're right on the same page. Yeah, uh, definitely worth your time. Full of flaws. I want to say the Metacritic on it was like thirty three, which I get. Like I don't yeah. think this is going to be a critical darling. Hey, it's better than Midnight Sky. Yes. What is yes? <laughs> okay. Um, but speaking of Midnight Sky, which I assume isn't going to be a wreck. You got no. any wrecks for this one? I do. I have I have quite a few. Okay. Um, Hit me. So Hit here me we hard. go. For Brendan you're gonna, Fraser. You're going to steal so many of mine. I'm, oh, I'm going to steal so I'm many. That's why I wanted to go first. You, do, yep. I want you to no, know. I'm giving you one rule. I'm giving you one rule right now. Okay. You have to skip because I know you're going to have it, you piece of shit. I don't know why I'm getting <laughs> so mad at you right now, but I am. Um, you have to skip 1994. Okay. I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. You can't, you can't um, use ninety four. Um, if if I use one, you just tell me and I'll I'll strike it from the record here. Uh, you're on. No, 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 but... no. All, all you have, all you have to do is not use nineteen ninety four. Okay, okay. So for Brendan Fraser, I have Encino Man. Yeah, obviously, I couldn't take that from you. Uh, I have Airheads. You, I fucking just told you avoid nineteen ninety four. I don't know the years that these movies came out. Oh, I did. Are we talking on a computer? Are we using an internet connection to talk on a computer right now? No, nah, this is an air gap machine because I don't want anyone trying to, you know, snake the episode or anything like that. Sure, sure. I just I We literally... release one of these every six months, so it has to be special. <laughs> By the way, are you going to tell uh, the crowd why uh, Encino Man is one of your favorites? No, if they're fans, they listen, they know. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> you do the um, work. You do the work, people. You do the work. Yeah, you do the work. You do the work. Go back to the entire catalog, the Michael Bolton catalog. Um, <laughs> Bedazzled, I got on there. Love yeah, it. Yeah. For Albert Brooks, I got a lot. Broadcast news, modern romance, Mother, which is so good. Him Mother's and Debbie Reynolds. God damn, Mother's so good. Yeah. Uh, Rob Morrow trying to make a film career in that movie did not work out for him. Had to go to numbers. But that's fine. Quiz show. Um, quiz show. <laughs> I like quiz show. Well, that's because quiz mean, show is a good movie. It's a good movie. I mean, he's fine in it, but it's not. Hey, I'm gonna catapult this. Uh, I should have stayed on Northern Exposure. That was a great show. Uh, Lost in America, as I already alluded to, and Drive, and one that I guarantee you, Michael Skur from The Good Place has seen. Defending Your Life. Him and Meryl Streep. Great, great movie. But I also want to talk about the J.K. Simmons universe, 
where I think this film, J.K. Simmons as the manager of the Yankees, also plays a manager in For Love of the Game of Obviously. the Tigers. Yep. So I'm going to recommend For Love of the Game because I think they exist in the same same world there. Um, and for Diane Weiss, i got to go with Little Man Tate. Yep. That's just such a good movie. I, I what do you got, that. Cole? Did I step on any of yours? Only all of them. Fucking all of them. I can't believe you had the audacity after I asked you to avoid 94 to say Airheads, which Airheads is legitimately awesome. Oh, hilarious. It is so much better than Empire Records and all the other, oh, yeah. like, you know, rock, young, comedy, whatever out of the early 90s. Like, Airheads is the one. Uh, Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler, incredible. Michael McKeon. It's so good. Like, like when you think of, like, cool fucking DJs and all that shit. Who doesn't think Joe Montaigne who, who doesn't hair. think Joe Montaigne is the boy <laughs> to be the cool rock DJ. Um you know, now and then it's a favorite of Jesse's had to bring that up. Um mm-hmm. I've mentioned it before The Mummy and The Mummy Returns are just awesome. Like those are just full-fledged fun Action, adventure, romance, comedy. Like, it's got everything in both of those movies. And I'm just going to say it. Like, a really good-looking cast. Up and down. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just... Those are sexy movies. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, also, Blast from the Past. Oh, God. I love that movie so much. That is... Oh. It's just... Brendan Fraser, Alicia Silverstone, Christopher Walken. What more do I need to say? Sissy Spacek. Just go see it. Just go watch it. Um, for Albert Brooks, I was just going to say Broadcast News because that's like a historically great movie that you sort of need to yeah. see. And yeah. the more cable news takes over, the more that movie continues to piss you off. Um, <laughs> and Holly Hunter's amazing in it. Uh, Jack Nicholson for the three and a half minutes he's in it or whatever is just fantastic. So good. Um, just really good stuff. I was going to say For Love of the Game, but... Jed doesn't care about his partner because obviously he took Airheads and a Kevin Costner movie from me. So yeah, I did. We're good there. Um, I'm not sure. I feel like I probably have, but I'm also going to give you two baseball movies because this is, you know, my favorite, you know, sports genre movie. Little Big League. I watched it again <laughs> like three weeks ago. It's just, it's it just good. Up? It's just good. It's just um, good. And then also, I know I've done it before, Talent for the Game. I would like you to watch... Talent for the game and the scout, just to have a little. It's all, but they're both about scouts. One's got a foot fetish. One is the movie we've been talking about. Uh, <laughs> but check those out; they're fantastic. Um, anything else, man, on this episode? This uh, sort of re-entry into uh, cigarette burns is the podcast, right? That's that's what that that's is. What I think on. that's what we called okay. it. Yeah, I still don't know why, um, but whatever. <laughs> it seems to work. We got to go with it now. Yeah. Um, we've already got the the Twitter handle, man. We can't go back. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, no, unless you want more Sam Kennison from me, I think I think I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, hey guys, the next episode we are going to throw it back to one of honestly the best probably 25, 30 movies I've ever seen in my life, which is Easily. Amadeus. Uh, yes. This is one that I think a lot of people look at as like a homework movie. Like, oh, I got to watch Amadeus. I got to watch Citizen Kane. Amadeus is funny. It is not slow somehow. Um, but it is just an incredible movie that I'm sure everyone has heard of where it looks at Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and his life and career through the eyes of his mortal enemy. So check that out. 
Uh, we're obviously going to try and get that one out to you a hell of a lot faster than we got the scout out. But if you have any questions, you want to talk about it, uh, you want us to talk about something, do a movie you want us to do, hit us up uh, at SigBurnsPod on Twitter and Instagram, CigaretteBurnsPodcast at Yahoo.com for the emails. And I guess we will see you next time with Amadeus. Lady Burners. See you guys. Oh,